Good Up is our space to talk about those experiences in life we didn't know we all had in common. We're the after work happy hour conversation with your best friend. The place where you bring up the hard parts of life, the ones that made you laugh, and the things that made you who you are. Because who said becoming good up wasn't a little bit uncomfortable? Stay tuned for more information about this week's episode. girl hello morning to um Yo. to everybody who's listening welcome back to another episode of the good up podcast we are here mm-hmm. with a legendary guest okay and the reason i said legendary is because this woman was our guest on one of our most popular episodes and she is back on what i think is going to be again one of our most popular oh episodes yeah because <laughs> she has she has a way with words okay she has oh a yes words okay a way with words, a way to explain things, a way of referring to things or explaining things in a way where you don't just feel understood. You don't just be like, yeah. Yes. Exactly mm-hmm. that. She just makes everything it. make sense in you like know. ways mm-hmm. that it makes so much sense to you that you couldn't come up with it. It's exactly. like, it's, it's like, it's <laughs> you'd, be like you'd be like, ain't nobody writing like this. Nobody referring to shit like this. Okay. So I gotta no. allow you to, to introduce yourself. Bad woman do not cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello everyone, and welcome to the Good Up Podcast. <laughs> um, my name is Rebecca, otherwise known as Tisbeth Beth. Um, I am a what thirty-year-old mother, a possibly rejuvenated skeptic. We'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it plays out. You let me know. <laughs> um, you know, hopefully, song. gonna be a, a best-selling author here in a couple of years. So look out Period. for that. Otherwise, yes. let's get started. You love to see it. You love to see it. So, DJ, I can turn the mic over to you because this was an episode in particular when we were planning that you were very passionate about. So, yes. I want you to tell the audience what are we talking about today. So, I want to paint a picture here because this is something that's come up last season. It's come up before where I've mentioned that there's certain aspects of parenting that people don't speak about, especially yes. as freely as they speak about how much they love parenting. And it's the side of parenting that it's, it's, it's low-key a little bit of a dark side of parenting, right? Um, and I hate to say it like that, but the reality is parenting is not always a cakewalk. And nobody really talks about it. And I, I, think, I think the connotation of the phrase dark side tells us that, you know, it's, it's a negative. It's, uh, you know, right. it's not what it's supposed to be. And that's not, that's not, that's not and, true. You and know? the reason why this I specifically, is part, of... It's part of it, it's just a natural part of it. And that's why I refer to it as the dark side of parenting, because it's a part of parenting that people just tuck away in the closet. I feel I like rather taboo. than, yeah, it, they make it taboo. So it's like, why is it that it's okay to post the funnest parts of parenting, right? Why is it okay to discuss the funnest parts, but nobody's just talking about how normal it is for there to be parts of parenting that people just don't like. Nobody talks about it. And it's like, that's why there's so many people who are parents just because they think they thought that that was the next step in life. Well, I just thought that was the next step. I got married next is children. And then they have children and then they're like, I fucking hate it here, but they don't say it to other people. And then I just feel like that cycle kind of continues. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so right. We're and I feel like that. when people, when moms, um, I will say moms 
because I don't have a lot of experience with dads speaking up on a public forum about parenting. Um, I've joined a number of groups. Oh, fair enough. I will say that for the people who are talking about parenting in, in and parenting in a, in a dark side light or in a negative light or the, the parents who are talking about parenting authentically and transparently often sandwich it in, I love my kid. This is the greatest experience that I've ever had. Like they always start it with, I love my yeah. kid, but, and then when you get to the end, it's always, but you know, they make it so I wouldn't change it. this for the world yeah. or I don't regret having my kids or formula is $38 for one thing and your child keep running through it. Not only are they running through it, sometimes they scream for it, you make the bottle and then they don't drink it. Yeah. I know you're frustrated. Let's not pretend. Do you think that the reason why people do that sandwich is because they know they're going to be judged if they just Absolutely. say, honestly, parenting Absolutely. is ghetto as fuck and I hate it here. I'll be honest and say there's even a little part of me that might find myself like if somebody rather than created the sandwich, if somebody just was like, yo, I fucking hate parenting. Why did I ever do this shit? I would be <laughs> like, well, damn, bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I also get it, you know, and I feel like that goes, you, you guys know this always is going to segue into why we're all pro-choice. If you know for a fact that you're not cut out for this shit, you should have the choice to decide that you're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. So my question is, as mothers, as people who have now dove into motherhood and experienced it, when was the point that you realized this shit is too fucking much? Was it birth? Was it pregnancy? Was it like when the baby was crying all night and, and you were like, yo, you just get here. Like, you need to relax. <laughs> when was it? When he was a potato. He could do nothing. He could say nothing. He was boring. It was so, it was so boring, yeah. right? And... I did not have a lot of, a lot of moms like to support this concept that when you, you know, see this child and I actually saw him, like there was a, a mirror in the delivery rooms, so literally see him coming out of me. Right. And mm -hmm. people say that when you see that you don't have a choice, but to just, just fall completely and totally yeah. unexpectedly in love with this thing, you know, and you have this bond with this child and Oh, and they don't, they don't tell you all the time, breastfeeding, go nurture the bond. And so breastfeeding hurts. Okay. Breastfeeding does hurt. And so it that hurts. for me, yeah. oh my God, it's, it's, it's one of those pains that eventually if you keep, if you keep, it's like, it's almost like sodomasochism. If you keep hurting yourself. Eventually you get used to it day. and it doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But let's not, let's not talk about, let's not, let's not give the idea that it, it doesn't hurt and the um the the nurses and the breastfeeding consultants will constantly tell you it shouldn't hurt and it gives you the impression that if it does hurt that means you're doing it wrong so that's here I that's am literal this, little, this little potato that part here i am sitting with this little potato who can't do or say nothing and he is trying to to latch I would risk it and say that it hurts more than actually giving birth to him. It was really painful for me to do. And then me hearing the lactation specialists and the nurses in my head saying, you know, if it hurts, then you ain't doing it right. You know, or that breastfeeding shouldn't, breastfeeding, oh what they said was breastfeeding doesn't hurt. So in my head, that translated to if it hurts, that means that I am not doing it correctly. So I am going through all of this pain and I ain't even doing it right. Man, get from it. <laughs> yeah keep you know, it take so it back for me where's the formula <laughs> absolutely i did i didn't go to formula i i got breast pumps i got several mm. breast pumps um and we pumped 
for the whole what first seven months of his oh, life wow. I just pumped when I experienced breastfeeding I mean I left the whole hospital I came to the house I trying to do it on my own and it was hell keeping in mind that I I wasn't one of those people that just immediately fell in love with this with this this little squirmy meeting right so I'm already like trying to work on developing a bond with him and then he is putting me through excruciating pain with this whole breastfeeding thing yeah. y'all wanted to pack up my bags and go listen my ex who I live with or nothing going he could have keep joy like, <laughs> no and I get that and I think and life. I think that makes a lot of sense because for one you mentally prepared yourself for labor pain you mentally prepared yourself to go through a certain amount of pain to deliver him you didn't mentally prepare yourself for your fucking titties to be hurting because of him so I could see how especially you're like especially the because they tell you that it's not gonna hurt they tell you it doesn't hurt and let so me you tell don't you mentally prepare for it that shit hurts and this is why I say they're so yeah. full of shit because I stuck out breastfeeding Dylan refused bottles. So I had no choice but to stick out breastfeeding. Eventually it does stop hurting, but that's the language they need to use. They need to, because like I said, you mentally prepare yourself to experience a certain amount of pain. If they're constantly saying, oh, it doesn't hurt, then you go in expecting for breastfeeding to be this beautiful, magical thing where you and your baby get to bond and skin to skin. And then this shit hurts because I remember my reaction to Dylan first latching. I was like, oh my fucking God. Like I literally screamed. Like, that's how it's fuck? marketed too. Like even the mommy content, because I follow a lot of influencers who eventually had kids and became mommy influencers, right? And did the whole breast is best, like content like breastfeeding is okay and this and this and that but they always frame it as like this magical look at me with my baby in the forest and he latching onto my titty like yeah and, and i have all this very milk, and i, pr- yeah, and I produce very gallons ethereal. of milk <laughs> mm-hmm. and they always come off as like oh i am this powerful just ethereal woman who can breastfeed my child so for me, if I was to have a child and have complications with breastfeeding, knowing that that's the idea in my head of what breastfeeding should look like and it should look mm-hmm. easy and it should be this natural bond between me and my child, I gonna feel like I fucking up. On top of the fact that yeah. I just push a fucking potato out of my body, so I'm already going through. Actually, you pushed a watermelon. You, let's be clear, you pushed yeah. a watermelon. Out <laughs> well, of I said your, potato, your I got a <laughs> Cause you, no, you push the motherfucking watermelon out of your kookshi. Let's be clear. Like the things that you have already gone through physically and mentally to be pregnant and give birth to a child, just draw the line there. That's enough. But then on top mm-hmm. of that, here's all these things I now have to do. And to, according to everybody else, it should come naturally, and it's yeah. not coming naturally. It's like not. that have to. And be it a takes serious. a toll. It takes a serious toll. So. For me, ironically enough, that moment, to answer the question, that moment of what the fuck did I get myself into? Ironically enough, it didn't come until Dylan was a toddler when it came, believe it or not. I had really bad postpartum anxiety. Like, it was like, I was terrified of injuring my baby. Any little movement I made, I was terrified that I would injure him. I was scared to walk through doors because when I would be holding him, every time I would walk through doors, I would be afraid that I might accidentally bump his head into the corner of the door. Maybe the level of anxiety that I experienced would be the thing that made me be like, why did I do this? But I never like felt like that with him. The first time I ever found myself like, what the fuck did I get myself into was when him and I first moved to New Jersey. He was three. 
that was my first time truly experiencing being a single mother. Cause even though me and his dad had broken up like maybe six or seven months prior to the move, he was still very much there, you know, moving to New Jersey was the first time it was truly just me and Dylan. So him and I were close, but his daddy was his person. Like when something exciting happened, daddy was who he was going to show. I, it used to hurt my feelings sometimes, but whatever. Right. But this was the first <laughs> time it was truly just me and him. It was a big change for him. So his attitude changed. He really was trying me a lot from the moment he came out of my fucking body to that point he was always so easygoing and well-behaved and easy to work with so that was the first time because he just legit was rebelling and i was like what the fuck is going on and then i had to sit because he has a, he had a lot of feelings and exactly he didn't know what to do with his attitude definitely got better but that was the first time i found myself like what the fuck was i thinking like who the fuck sent me <laughs> and but the beauty in that was that was the first time I was able to understand my mother better because my mom is a hothead. My mom used to yell at us a lot. My mom used to call San Cariana. She used to do the most. And as a child, I just saw her as fucking mean, which she was. But as an adult, I was able to understand why she was so mean. Did it make it right? Absolutely mm -hmm. not. And I was able to say, like, it's not right that she yelled at us so much, but I understand why she yelled at us so much because she was a single mother. Right raising because she had a lot of feelings and she didn't know what to do she with didn't them know either. how to process yeah. them nobody <laughs> she didn't have the tools nobody guided her on how to process her emotions and she's a single mother raising twins so i'm like one three-year-old is pissing me off but i couldn't i granted to what am i listen i i, I speaking from and throughout this episode for the audience on fire like i gonna always be speaking from the perspective of somebody who is like 99.99 percent .99 sure does not want kids not right children. Yeah. yeah but so you gonna hear me a lot of the times like i'll ask you questions and when i answer i'm gonna be like see this is why i've been telling her i mean want to fucking chat but it, it really is like this is this is the conversation i have been wanting to have and i would like to see women having a more public space because there are a lot of us who aren't sure but when we aren't sure and we don't want kids we feel the need to have to like argue our side. And there's a lot of people who are like, oh, you're going to change your mind. I don't know that I have it in me to give my body over to another human being. So going back to the breastfeeding conversation, great. It's a bond between mother and child. But the thing that my brain focuses in on is, so I must give you my tizzy whenever you want it because you need it. No. So, and I want us to revisit that part of it because that's one of the aspects of motherhood, not even parenting, but motherhood that I feel like people talk about, but not enough. People only feel comfortable sharing the, the best aspects of their life. Everybody wants to be living their best life. Mm -hmm, but when it comes mm -hmm, down mm -hmm. to breastfeeding is such a mind fuck. Just becoming a mother okay. is such a mind fuck. Your <laughs> life changes forever, right? Yeah. That adjustment period takes way longer than anybody lets on. Dylan was two when I finally found myself back to me. Okay. And it was me adding this new version of me to the mix. It was me adding Deidre the mom to Deidre the existing person. I, I hope that makes real. sense. I don't have two years. <laughs> like where I am mentally, <laughs> I'm mentally I'm okay. But if I try to pull on my shoe and the strap for the healing, the little you thing is going in the hole, I might jump off a bridge. That's where I am right now. So for me to I have a baby, that. do not have a, don't bring a baby to that. But it's a this. lot though. Like it, it's. And then your nipples get chapped. The girls don't talk about that. 
your nipples when you see it through that first month of breastfeeding you deal with your nipples getting chapped and bruised you have to moisturize them with like lanolin um or some kind of like aquaphor or just something to keep them moisturized because all that fucking saliva gonna dry out your nipples so when that baby is not on your boob your nipples is gonna get dry like and fuck you have to be having like clogged milk ducts and shit like listen the pain it. when you get engorged that happened so to me <laughs> so i was still in uvi when i had dylan right and he was born right before exams week. So I actually had to make up my exams. <laughs> I had to make up my exams. And Yikes. so, yeah, he was born April 18th. Exams is usually like the first week of May. So I had to, you know, leave him. He was like a week or two old or some crazy shit like that. So I had to come, you know, leave him home and go take my exams. And I remember being so fucking engorged during my exams. Like I did the exams. I had to rush home to nurse him. It was hell. And when I did go back to work, I'll never forget um, my boobs. I remember I was sitting in a meeting with my boss and I could feel my, I'm like, fuck, it's time to feed this baby. And I'm sitting in this meeting with my boss and I can feel, I had on like the, the pads, the nursing pads, mm-hmm. and I could feel the pads getting so dripping. Like, mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there so mm-hmm. uncomfortable, like, fuck my Definitely life. been there. This episode he, is going to be saved and archived. And then like, I can just have it in a little CD. And every time somebody every time said, you get when like, you want Steven ready to have kids, I'm going to be like, go home and listen to this. And go listen to the podcast. <laughs> the, the expectation that you are so, supposed to be able to come back to work in i was fortunate enough um that people people donated their leave time I to me that. um so that i could stay home for 12 weeks it just you're just not prepared you're to really do not. that to go back not, to work first of all we're not designed let's be clear we are not designed <laughs> to go back to work that soon it, it, oh. that adjustment in of itself it's a lot so a number of of, of influencers online um, that eventually, you know, went through motherhood or and or parenthood and the way that they facilitate other people's concepts of what parenthood is going to be like, you know, they frame it as this beautiful thing. And I think that that is the most, I, I want to say, I want to say dangerous is a very good word for it. I will say pathetic I like because that. I feel like they, they feel pressured to continue this narrative that motherhood is just this wonderful thing. They feel pressured to do that and they succumb to that pressure. I pride myself so much on being authentic on my page about what the fuck I'm going through in with this with this whole tiny human thing. But it's so hard woman that when I talk about, you know, some of the trials and tribulations of being a mom, there are so many women, so many women struggling with the same shit I struggling with, but they would never say it. You know, and I, I kind of find it like that's what my whole platform is about from before when it was all about, you know, being hoism and, and, and really exploring yourself as a sexual being um, and not being limited by patriarchy and really just going out there and doing things. There were so many women at that time who would reach out to me and be like, this is exactly what I was going through and this is how I felt. You know, and I don't feel comfortable speaking about this and on a public forum. And so my my platform in the same vein of authenticity, you know, travels, I guess, from straight up hoism to motherhood with a with a sprinkle of hoism, you know. And I feel like (laughs) a little sprinkle. sprinkle. Um I feel like it's so invaluable. That these women feel like they have a space or at least you know i don't i don't want to be you know 
the person that everybody come to because I don't have all the answers. I don't, yeah. and I don't want to feel like I need to have all the answers for people. But I, I feel like it's important for me to continue to, to say, you know, what the fuck really going on? Because there's so many people who are experiencing it and, and, and the fact that you could go online and see everybody else having this wonderful experience, it, it makes you feel so alone. It yeah. makes you feel mm-hmm. so alone and so that's much all. like you you are failing at being a mother because that part. that's all you've seen is other people having these wonderful experiences and you're fucking not. You're not having a good experience. So you, you feel like you feel like you're alone. You feel like you can't talk about it. You feel it's it, listen, this is where depression starts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you all know? you need sometimes is solidarity. You need to see yeah. that you are not alone in whatever space it is. And for somebody to, I, even if it's one person to come out and say like, yo, this shit sucks. You'd be like, yeah, it does. <laughs> like to <laughs> feel like you could identify your situation in, in somebody else, especially like with somebody like you who already has a platform. Everybody yeah. know that you're going to speak tra- transparently, right? So for you to come out and be like, yo, this is exactly what's happening. Like, I remember when you were talking about FMLA and the fact that, like, you couldn't get leave past assault in time and, like, how crazy that is. Like, you, from the beginning, from the time you got pregnant with Roman, were talking about all of the aspects. Not to say that you were being, quote, unquote, negative, but you were being really and truly honest about what pregnancy yeah, looks like from about the, the beginning whole to having a child. Yeah, about the whole thing. And I think for a lot of people, that was like, you know what, this shit is refreshing because everybody else is like, oh, my God, my life has changed. I am a new woman. And I'm like, girl, y'all pussy just get ripped two inches and they had to sew it back together like can we talk about that no and yeah and i think that's (laughs) why i'm so annoyed because like and that's and i know social media culture has a lot to do with it but i think even before social media became a thing i think that's what the women that's what our elders were doing you know what i mean and it's just like bitch like (laughs) can we be more honest like I don't know. I just feel like a lot of women, especially women, have been deceived into becoming mothers. And the reason why I say it is because the picture has always been painted of it being this magical experience. And is it? Yes, our bodies can do amazing things. However, there's always an there's always a dark side to everything. You can't have day without night, right? You there's two sides to every coin. And in order for that coin to exist, Alex. like and exactly it's balance and in order for motherhood to happen in order for parenthood to happen there's going to be some lows and it's not fair or realistic to just say yeah you're gonna have some days but it's wonderful to be a parent no like don't do that enough stop sandwiching that fuck so like, you, you if, know what i'm a bad part it's a bad part that's it so the, the thing that i tend to say which is the truth i always say I don't like being a mother. I like being Dylan's mother, which is a fact. I love being Dylan's mother in particular. This is the child that I know. I don't have enough children to say I love being a mother. As the whole scope, when I think about the person that I am, I don't fucking like being a mother because there's a lot that I have to do for a person that's not me. Doing these things that I don't feel like doing makes it worth it because of the person I'm doing it for. And I was able to develop it in that way because of the years that we've had together. I like him as a person. When he was a baby, it was. you know what's funny? I find a lot of people think, gonna think this is weird, but it was easier to take care of him when he was a baby 
to me because babies just have basic needs they need to be fed they need to be nurtured they need a safe place to live right obviously you're going to uh -huh. bond with them and shit but the older they get to me the more they need right you need to guide them to be decent human beings they gonna have they have preferences now they like chicken nuggets one week they hate it the next week they like pears this week they fucking despise it the, they have their change their needs and their preferences change over time when they're a baby they're just like bitch you got some milk for me is the opposite like taking care of roman when he didn't have a personality yeah was very um on a schedule for me it yeah, was yeah. okay uh baby needs to take a bath baby needs to eat baby needs to be changed you know mm -hmm. and it, it it was more of a he was more of a responsibility than something mm -hmm. that I that I appreciated and I enjoyed. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, um, I would tell anybody that, that that is willing to hear, like I didn't like him <laughs> when he was first born because there was nothing to like. Yeah. You know, it was a responsibility that yeah. I had. Where women, some women have this bond, I didn't have that. I had yeah. these are the things that I'm responsible for because if I don't do them, CPS don't bust that door. So let right. me <laughs> do what the hell it is I supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Bosses now where he has a, a person, his, his personality is developing. Um, yeah. and I have a lot of personality and so does he, you know, and I'm, I am enjoying his faces. Dog. Did you I see that video? He faces. was like, he was so over oh you. He God. was sitting there like, he was so over like, me. Oh, he's so cute. Yeah. He was like, all right. He wow. has, <laughs> he has this big personality that is developing and the more, even though it is more of a, a physical, you know, it demands more of me physically because I have to keep up with him now that he's walking and, you know, moving stuff so that he don't yeah. throw them down all over the place. It, it demands more of me. It does than it did before but i enjoyed yeah. this part way more than yeah. i in the, i didn't i didn't enjoy him being an infant i didn't yeah he was cute but i didn't enjoy it yeah. i enjoyed so, it there is a, a a conversation i really want to have because the not too long ago you um rebecca you experienced a serious loss in your family I know and... this will come in on a bad woman <laughs> don't cry so let's go let's go and we Listen, speak to it however you feel comfortable because I never want people to come out here and just like trauma dump if they don't want to, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But you experienced a serious loss and it, I think the way that you spoke about it, I really identified with because I, I don't have kids. I have pets, right? And a lot mm -hmm. of times people, when I say, oh, well, I don't have children, but I have two cats and that's enough for me. People will be like, oh, but it's not the same. Like, they'll be like, don't it bring is. up pets when I talk about children. And I'll be like, yo, if something pets happens with my same. pet, yeah, it will you be think a pets and kids are the same? for me. I love Gypsy and Nuri dearly. Let's be clear. Those are so, my big shit. So I here's fuck the with thing, them heavy, but I don't see it as the same. Like, but I will you, never you see don't, it as the same. You don't see it as the same <laughs> because you had Dylan before you had Gypsy and Nuri. Well, for I've me, had pets before Dylan and I loved my pets, but I don't so, see it as the same. But this, like, this is why I'm saying that for me, my pets mm. are, that's what I, that's what I have. Right. And that's, that's all you know. The reality is, is that's all you know is your yeah, pets. But the thing yeah. for me, too is that i can't see myself and and i gonna explain this 
with my pets, I love them dearly. I have an affectionate relationship with them. We cuddle, we have a lot of that. And then them motherfuckers, they go about their business and I don't go about mine. When I feed them and I leave my house, there's no need to take my pets with me. When I plan trips, I plan right. for somebody to come to the house and feed them. There is a relationship that I have with my pets that is very conducive to the life I want to live. And for right. that, I love them so much. And I don't, I feel like in the way that I love my pets and for the reasons I love my pets, I would resent a child. Right, and that's why it's not the same as being a parent. That's why having a pet is not the same. So when- (laughs) Because I'm like, I- (laughs) No, but what I'm telling you is that like, I have more love for my pets than I feel I could have for a child for that reason, right? So when Rebecca made that post, obviously Uh like I was very like sad for you, but at the same time I was like glad that you posted it because I was like, finally somebody put words to why I mm-hmm. genuinely don't want children, but I would feel this yeah, level um, of like insurmountable loss if I was to lose one of my pets. Right. And you were literally putting words to it. And you in the post was like, people talk about the fact that like, you know, not resenting children or not regretting having children. But you straight up said in this moment, you, I don't know if you said resented or regretted, like you were resenting your child no i'm resentment makes sense yeah so you know if if you want to speak because there was a direct correlation there was a direct correlation for me between um my son and my duty right Mm -hmm. um because i had to pay for all of these other things that i never anticipated paying for let's be clear right i i did not mm, english bulldog breed right, is a breed that you can look forward to having to spend a lot of money on this dog, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, you know, fetishize certain certain breeds of dogs and they get them haphazardly, you know, and they can't, they don't, they don't do their research. They don't know what can be coming with this kind of dog, right? That was not me. I did not get Dooley because, you know, fly by night decision. I did my research. Yeah. I knew what health concerns I could be looking forward to in a dog. But I also knew that I would not be having children because right. these doctors had told me that I would not be having children. So I knew that I would have the resources or that all of the resources that I have could be dedicated to Dooley and right. his, his the health concerns that would be coming later on down the road. Right. That so I I I did not that and that was what was most um that was what was most hurtful for me. I was no longer able to pay for the things that I when I got him, I knew I could. And it was almost like there was a bond between us where I he he knew, you know, we're gonna get sick, but he could depend on mommy to 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 help him feel better because she have it. She had the resources to make him feel better, you know. But then, you know, daycare is a really big financial, it's a really big financial responsibility. And I was, I, I made the conscious decision to have Roman, right? This was, this was before Roe versus Wade was overturned and I had the option to abort if I wanted to, right? But because I had been told this whole time that I couldn't have children and I was finally pregnant. I was like, oh, well, this is, you know, quote unquote, a miracle. I shouldn't just spit in, spit in God's face and throw with a child, mm-hmm. you know, although my life was perfectly fine before I went and had this child. Um, <laughs> so I kept the child. I made the conscious decision to keep him. Right. And then now I reached to a point where 
I have to choose one son over another. And this Dooley was the son I chose. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I chose Dooley. Like this was an intentional just decision that I I made one hundred percent cognizant of the the repercussions, the possible repercussions. This was somebody I chose. Mm-hmm. Family is, you know, family is somebody you know you just you happen to have because people be born, right? But a pet is somebody that you you specifically go out there and you choose to love them. This was this was this was the son I chose, and yeah. so looking at the son that I chose and realizing that I would not be able to keep him alive because of the son that I decided to have. It was a very painful, obviously, right? It was a very painful decision for me to make, you know? Yeah. And it it resulted in, and especially him dying on Roman's birthday, it, I was an emotional oh cluster. Fuck. I can't okay? imagine. Because I was supposed to be... Listen, it was madness. And I wanted to be happy for my son on his birthday. But... I resented him so much that yeah. day and the week following, like I wanted this son that I chose to be in my life, but I, I didn't have him anymore. And yeah. there was a direct correlation between that and my son. And yeah. Roman, right. So, so glad and so, so appreciative, so grateful for my ex wife living with nothing going on. And my sister, who were here too love up on roman when i i, I couldn't you couldn't you literally you could know? not yeah i could not i didn't even want to see the little boy to be honest i believe you know? that I, that's fair and it's understandable it's very understandable mm-hmm. it's it's so, and i'm i'm glad you actually shared that with people because i feel like people need to recognize that that's a part of life that mm-hmm. that right there that that you experienced that's and for, like you said it's a direct correlation so if anybody really expected you to be able to like be a typical mother to roman on a day like that they're fucking mad i'm sorry like mentally <laughs> nobody like i it's so understandable that you were like the fuck but, <laughs> like, i mean what? there are people so just to point out there there are people who would have had that expectation of rebecca right because right. in conversations like and it's it's real i'm not expecting nobody who listening to this who may not see a pet as the same as a child to just suddenly flip their beliefs and be like oh yeah maybe it is the same because my husband is one of those people he does not have the same sort of bond with our pets mm-hmm. as i do right so he don't see them as like like if we lose a pet he gonna be like well shit the pet pass on and we can move on like we get another one like he's very Mm-hmm. logical straight for like it's not as much of a part of his life as it is yeah. mine right so i think you know for people who who have that mindset in situations like that some of those people might have expected rebecca to like okay we get it but like pull it together because it's your oh. child birthday and right. she was experiencing loss like she was right. grieving and yeah. what the yeah. expectation for some people would have been is you are a mother so 
Fuck so, everything else you have going on. You're a mother. You need to go be a mother. And that's the part of motherhood that I, one, we don't talk so about hey, is that, enough. And two, I don't identify with that shit. Because no, I don't want to go be a mother right now. Like, and you know right, what? That's you, not what okay, I want to do. I'm saying this now. Fuck those people. But for anybody who and understands the complexities of just being a person, a human being with emotions, it makes sense for Rebecca to feel resentment considering that loss. And like she said, that direct correlation between her feeling, her being told that she would never be a mother, choosing to become a parent to this dog, and then becoming a mother, and because of the expenses associated with being this child's mother, now she can no longer afford to keep her dog alive as long as he could have lived, because now her resources are being allocated to this child. Anybody, anybody with enough sense should be able to see how it makes sense that she was resentful. And anybody who sees it as girl, move on, fuck that, fuck that dog, fuck you. <laughs> what I <laughs> think that the, the concept is, is that being a mother is Go paramount on. over whatever right, else you have going on. Which is bullshit because and reality- that, that is just- It's yeah, bullshit. The, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. And I feel that, I feel like, for women, and I go and use this word again, and I I try and I trying to find another word that's not as abrasive and doesn't have such a negative connotation. But I'm I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss. This is this is the word to me that that embodies it. Women who would think that their grieving was less important than their child birthday, I think that that's pathetic. I think that you as a person need to figure out where you you need you need to nurture yourself. You need to be, you need to be cognizant of what you are going through. You need to be able to, because yeah. at the end of the day, at the end of that child's birthday, you're still hurting. And, and sometimes if you don't acknowledge the feelings that you are actually feeling, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to fuck up all kinds of other relationships because you're angry, you're pissed off, you're lashing out at people, you're doing all kinds of stuff that you wouldn't have done if you had stopped and took in, taken the time to address what you're actually feeling. And I think that 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 being able to stop and be a person makes you a better mother. Exactly. Because when we were talking about, me want to talk talk about your mother, right? But you were saying earlier, that your mommy was kind of mean. She was always lashing out. Oh, I talk about she all the time. She was very mean. And she's not emotionally (laughs) intelligent. We've brought Catcher up on this podcast before. (laughs) But the reality is, is I'm able to acknowledge that my mother could have handled her emotions better and she was mean. But I'm also able to acknowledge that social conditioning has a lot to do with it. Her upbringing has a lot to do with it. Like these women who feel like their, their role as a mother supersedes everything in their lives. Yes, it is pathetic, but the reality is, is they were brought up to feel that way. Society has conditioned women to believe that motherhood trumps all, especially if they do choose to become a mother. And until that gets dismantled, more women are going to continue to become mothers and then realize that their partners ain't worth a damn. Because that's a very common thing. I wish we had enough time to talk about how many married single mothers exist uh, these women be oh, fully married boy. and they're raising children by themselves that's social conditioning it's not just the woman and you have to go through enough you have to be broken down enough to realize i'm better off by myself or i need to prioritize me so that i can be a better mother you know what i mean and something gonna come with a lot of darkness 
in order to see that light. That's just the reality, right? Like yeah. those great aspects of motherhood, unless you are comfortable acknowledging the, the, and that's why I said earlier, it's the dark side of parenting. It's the part that nobody talks about. It's the mm -hmm. part that people just shove in the coat closet and closets are dark once the door is closed, no? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. why it's the dark side of parenting. But the reality is, is in order to grow past that and prioritize yourself, we gotta have these conversations, honey. We exactly, exactly. And and listen, this this whole episode, I tell an eye, I gonna wrap this up, put it on, on like a jump drive and just walk around with a fuck because I think people expect <laughs> me to have a quote unquote better explanation for why I am not gung-ho about becoming a mother. But the reality is, is that I acknowledge that there is a part of me who wants my life to be for myself. And mm -hmm. the only part of that that I am willing to sacrifice is the parts that I have, you know, I want to share with my partner. I chose mm -hmm. to get married. I chose to be in a long-term relationship. But within that relationship, I still have autonomy over myself, over my body, over what I choose to do in mm -hmm. my life. And, mm -hmm. you know, as much as I would love to be married for the rest of my life, if push comes to shove and we choose that this marriage is not honoring both of us, we could easily leave. If I have a child, you know how fucked up it would be for me to just be like, mm, me feeling you no more. Like, <laughs> just that drop part. my child. Like, I can't do mm -hmm. that. I cannot do That's that. That is up. a personal it's responsibility terrible. for the rest of your People could say until 18, fuck that. So... You know, it's, it's, there's so much that goes into it and so much personal sacrifice and it's packaged as this like new higher experience. And don't get me wrong. I don't disagree that there are parts of motherhood that can be beautiful, but for the most part, when it comes to women and the physical and mental sacrifice that we have to make in order to bring a child into this world, that fuck, I'm sorry, in... Mm. and that's the thing it's not going to be worth <laughs> it to some and i want and i want people for one it's very i want to let y'all know it's very possible for people to get married and not want children marriage and children <laughs> are not one in the same you it's know how possible much fun somebody... this house be with no children in it i bet so that's the oh one God. thing like i resent that you and uh steven are constantly being bombarded with questions about children and that's why it goes back to that whole social conditioning because more so steven to me. be the next step they asked even more but they, that's what's crazy they will ask him in that's very interesting me. they will ask him on the phone when they know i in the room but they won't ask me because they know they you know they know not to ask when you we have insurance not even that i think that there is a part of them who sometimes not all of them because i think sometimes people just genuinely ask it from a place of curiosity but there are some people who believe that that decision is up to him as my husband and not up to us or up to me. The person whose fucking body is turning this liquid into yeah. a person. The person whose body and is And I see it as a very us decision. Like, I see it as a, hey. As you should. So we don't, we, we don't fuck with kids, right? And he'll be like, yeah, no. Nah, okay, okay, cool. Hey. Like, it's very easy for us because we're on the same page but i think most people see it as like oh when when your wife like talk to she when i have a baby i'll be like dude i hope you that one this I what do you mean says <laughs> hey Anza is the person whose body is going to turn the liquid into a human so don't fucking ask me no dumb shit ask her because she gets to decide if we're having children the fuck <laughs> like, <laughs> <for> the most <laughs> part, i think for the most part we've decided that like we're not even entertaining the conversation so when people ask Good. me to just say we're not there like we're not that's i would just move on like we would have changed the subject Good. like we're not going to sit here and 
talk to you about why Stephen hasn't nutted me yet. So let's not. Like it's right. Thanksgiving. We're eating. <laughs> this is weird. I, I like that you said that, and I hope that one day y'all get to a point where y'all start talking to people like that because that's literally what they're asking you. Why haven't I don't you really want yet? to be like? Right. Why are you still you pulling realize? out? Why are you Absolutely. still using condoms? Why she still on birth control? Stay out of my. I don't be sitting there like, do you realize what you asking this man? What or you're like, asking me? Right. You asking this man like, no, you so shooting invasive. up the club? Like, Why not? <laughs> Why you ain't shooting up the club though? Why you ain't shooting up the club? The club is closed. Gross. We want to go in here That's and dance to crazy. Beyonce. We do not want to have children in this club. Hello. <laughs> when you think about the conversation like that, it's, it's cringeworthy, right? It's, that, it's that, that, that's what That's what it is. It's, it's very cringy. And I feel like you need to put people in that space when they ask you shit like, when you gonna have a baby? Cause I have been married for so long and I need to go ahead and have a baby. When, when is he going to nut in me or something? That's what you, like, if yeah, you make it. You like, need to make people just as uncomfortable me. cause they're so comfortable asking people such personal questions. So you give them very personal answers. Well, as much as I would like him to nut in me, I would rather not have children. So, <laughs> like, or or I don't want to be like I don't know. Um, so when you had started nutting in your wife, like how often was it? Like were y'all just shooting up the club every night? Like how did you do it? And then they gonna look at me and gonna be like, Absolutely. "Well, you asking about babies? That's how babies that happen. That's, That's how so babies are born, right?" So, anyway, <laughs> I, mean, y'all... I really do think I really do think that you should make them as uncomfortable as they are Agreed. they are so comfortable making you uncomfortable you know what yeah, i mean like, I, I another part of it is that so i've seen people online and i've been one of those people who say like hey you shouldn't ask people when they're having kids because you just don't know like if someone's struggling to get pregnant if someone has experienced miscarriage stillbirth all of that right and i get that but a part of it for me too is like we don't even have to go that far it shouldn't it shouldn't matter whether I have had a miscarriage or whether I have been trying and having a difficult time. What matters is, is that I don't want to talk about this fuck. Like, I genuinely mm-hmm. don't want to talk about whether or not I'm having kids with you, Caroline. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're, why, <laughs> why? You <laughs> like, know what I, I don't... noticed? I feel like a lot of times people just don't care about the person for them, right? And you notice when you're getting to know somebody, they never just act like, I feel like people and their existence is defined by things outside of them, what they do for a living, where they live, if they have kids, why they're not having kids, why their husband, like, like, it's just kind of weird to me. Like, how come you ain't asking about this person's hobbies? Like what brings this person joy as opposed to when they having kids, why their husband ain't shooting up the club, what they do for Like, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I think that the moral to this story in general is that people do not see women as individual mm. autonomous people right that's it that's from the beginning to end, from that's why are it. you not having children to why why when you experiencing grief are you not focused on your child why is your child not the center of your universe it's never about the woman who is bringing why does in your child have your husband or your or the baby father last name I fucking yeah. don't. and you know what i'm gonna just like, say this for one, for if, if anybody was questioning you not being in a position to like properly celebrate Roman, first of all, we all know Roman ain't gonna remember anyway. Secondly, <laughs> you point. are you are going to raise a son who is going to fully understand that and probably find himself mm-hmm. wanting to hug you 
he's go i feel like you are going to raise a son who is going to have enough emotional intelligence intelligence right? absolutely to, to fully understand that. to fully understand everything you were going through and say oh my gosh mom like wow i couldn't imagine experiencing that you're gonna have a son who's not going to be offended that you couldn't be present for his birthday but he's going to probably just give you a fucking hug and say my god yeah. these mm -hmm. are the kinds of sacrifices yeah. you made to raise me like mm -hmm. Fuck them people. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> wow. Right. Really, truly, honestly. Right. I'm grateful to you for, for joining us and for always being transparent and not even just here on the podcast, like using your page as a platform for these type of conversations. Like you are creating so much space for women who are mothers, for women who might become mothers, for people like me who are like, fuck them kids for life. Like, we appreciate you. So yeah. thank mm -hmm. you so much mm -hmm. for, for, for joining FDK, us. DK, fuck them kids. We gotta go. Go, to, we gotta go. go to audience. Please know that there will be a part two to this episode because we have so much more to talk about. But thank you guys for listening. You know where you can find us on social media at GoToPod on all platforms. You know we had a Twitter thread this week on this episode topic. So go complete the Twitter thread um share the episode on facebook do all the promo you can shout out to the good up vip section over on patreon hey, if you all. want thank you guys. access yeah thank you guys for supporting this um this this platform and keeping the motherfucking lights on and yeah if you want all the access to episodes um access to extra content or our good up good up facebook group um then make sure to go over to patreon.com slash go to podcast and support us with that being said we will see you right back here next tuesday bitch on the good up podcast <laughs> 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 you try to tell the people bye. and bye bye good up is hosted and produced by deidre ritter and hey isaac quinones ivory find us on all social media platforms at good up pod use hashtag good up tuesday to continue the conversation and get access to exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash goodup podcast.